Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Little Realms, a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. I am your host and Game Master Candice, and I am joined by... I'm Sarah, and I play Vim, the tiefling fighter who is very out of her depth right now. I'm Dan, and I play Cyrus Sassafras, the garden druid who has turned into a fungal druid. I'm Nikki, and I play Jarrell Goldenheel, the wide-eyed elven scholar. And I'm Adam, and I play Arden, the increasingly friendly half-elf ranger. I think he's becoming friendlier anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving in. that in. <laughs> yeah. And last time on Little Realms. I don't really understand where we are or what it is, if it's a place or a plane or a realm, but it's all very magic-y and... A little creepy, but at least we're not under imminent attack anymore. Jarrell and Arden want to spend some time poking at whatever this tree is, so I plan on keeping an eye out for danger. Hopefully we don't find any here. It's all very intriguing. This four-season tree and the cabin that leads to it appear to be only illusions over some strange dimensional hellscape. And while we aren't certain what the broken circle around it was meant to do, it's clearly made of the same magic maple syrup, a universal reagent of concentrated magic that Marin has been collecting. It seems we have even more questions than answers now. I'm starting to think that Marin is playing with a power far older and far more dangerous than the Feywild. I don't fully understand what it is yet or how she's pulling power from it, but it clearly isn't doing this tree the forest, or the town any good. Well, I'm no longer a frog, and I've got a rash on my arm. (laughs) And, (laughs) oh, there's this tree. Well, not really. I know all about trees, but I don't know what the heck that is. Anyways, we should get the heck out of here. So you are all have just been poofed, and by poofed, I mean teleported, and you're at the edge of the forest. What time of day is it? It is sometime after noon. And what time did we leave? Like, what time did we go into the forest? Didn't we? It was in the morning, wasn't it? Yeah. So now it is apparently afternoon? Yes. The only question is, what day? Uh, Gerald digs into their pocket and pulls out what, when they first started in the portal, had been two curled up weird sticky leaves from the tree. Are they just goop now, or...? They're still leaves. Huh. How's my pudding? And I look at my <laughs> my uh, herbalism kit, and I pull out some of that pudding I scooped from the, the tree trunches. The tree, tr- the tree trunk pudding is still pudding, but it's gone even more of a gray color. Hmm. Hmm. I want to find some containment for that. It probably needs containment to take on the shape that we expect it to. Well, I was more thinking you might not want it just touching any random thing. Well, easy come, easy go. And I grab the pudding and I throw it on the ground. <laughs> you, you kind of went to a lot of trouble to get that. You're just going to toss it out? Well, it's gray now. It can't be any good. Well, you know more about this than I do, so yeah, sure. It's probably expired. (laughs) All right, let's get out of these woods. Yes, and uh, hopefully it hasn't been too long since we went into them. Well, it couldn't have been more than a couple of hours, right? We took a walk, we fought a thing, we took another walk, saw a spooky tree. The last time a couple hours passed, nearly an entire day passed, so... Oh. I think it's uh, fair to say that it could have been substantially longer, or who knows, maybe it's yesterday. Well, when we get to town, we'll figure out what time it is or what day it is, but 
in the meantime, what the hell happened with that tree? Does anyone know that tree creature? Does anyone know what we accomplished? Well, there's certainly... Jarrell actually, like, starts walking toward town as they're talking. Um, and is still kind of looking at the leaves um, in the sunlight. Well, it, it certainly seems like there's some interdimensional fuckery going on. Um, that creature is very much in, in potentially in multiple dimensions at once, or something like that. And Marin's messing with it. And... Um, do you think we should speak to Landon? I mean, if nothing else, I know you didn't see the creature the first time that we went into the forest, but it is quite a bit bigger. Um, than the first time, and I, I know it's come out of the forest in the past at least once. Oh, and um, what would you expect Landon to do? Send in a troop to try to kill it? Yeah? No, but I think we have some sort of responsibility to at least give him a heads up so that if this thing shows up at the city walls, he at least has some sort of forewarning. I mean, we can tell him that, you know, that it has spots that can be hit um, and, you know, any, anything we've noticed about it. I mean, we can't just not tell anyone and then have it turn up as a surprise and attack the city. Yes, we don't want any burly lumberjacks getting hurt. We should tell Anne as well. I think um, this, this situation with Marin seems maybe a little more um, serious than I had originally thought. But Anne will know what to do. I... Yes, go tell your researcher friend what you know about the forest. And at the same time, why not tell Landon? Why not tell people of the scary monster that attacked you while you were out in the woods that are known to be dangerous? Do we really think it would approach the city and attack people? It... As Jarrell mentioned, it has done so before. Oh, I guess you're right. The lumberjacks do have their safe zone or their not safe zone. Well, yes, and also we found something in the paper that suggested that it has full-on wandered into town in the past. Eesh. So do we know for sure that the monster that attacked us is somehow part of that tree? I suspect that they're one in the same. Um, in the book that I read mentioning the Old Wild, it said that it's both a creature and a place. Uh, so I imagine that the place portion of it has been turned into the tree, if I'm not mistaken entirely, and the perhaps creature portion of it has broken out to some extent and is what we encountered in the forest. Jarrell looks pensive. Well, and I think, too, it's, it's possible that it's maybe able to generate new forms or um, kind of adapt. It doesn't seem necessarily that it's a very static thing. It could potentially be in, in multiple places or forms at once. Yes, and if what the book theorizes conjectures that the nature of the thing is, I imagine it has more than enough power to do a lot more than we've seen thus far as well. What I'm saying is that if Marin keeps hurting this thing, we may be properly fucked. Hmm. <laughs> well characterized. <laughs> well, that's a lot to think on. Perhaps we'll, perhaps we'll deal with that tomorrow. <laughs> Onward. I really do think Anne will have helpful things to say, though, Arden. I mean, she has a lot of experience uh, with both dimensional fuckery and with, you know, I mean, she is quite the acclaimed uh, monster hunter, even though she is retired. Um, I think her perspective on this will, will probably have a lot of um, practical use. Arden looks like he's about to say something, but, like, decides not to. Penny, for your thoughts, Arden. Yeah, you have that look. I mean, you usually have that look, but you really have it now. Yeah, it's sort of <clears throat> dialed up to a ten from a six. <laughs> <laughs> Acclaimed monster hunters and researchers have a way of, shall I say, without being too rude, a single-minded devotion which tends to miss the actual consequences of what they're doing. Jarrell raises an eyebrow pointedly. <laughs> Do you think I'm missing some of the point of what's going on here? 
you were quite excited when you first found out about the substance and excited to use it as well without considering that perhaps the substance comes from somewhere. Perhaps there are side effects to its generation. Those things all do need to be sort of, you know, balanced out. I, I think it's worth some consideration at least. As I said, you tend to miss the consequences of things once you become excited about their potential. Speaking of consequences, <coughs> I'm spitting up blood. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. We should probably get you some more medical attention. I just need to get to town and sit on my ass. I'm tired of walking. Should, should you be walking? Yeah, you're not allowed to be walking anymore. And then we'll go to scoop you up, like, bridal style. Oh! <laughs> and Cyrus gets a gets the long bridal walk over the threshold of Mithrin. <laughs> you're, like, walking through the uh, lumberjack camp, Vim holding Cyrus bridal style, with Jarrell and Arden giving each other side eye in the back, walking through. You're back in town. You see a little boy. You boy, what day is it? <laughs> it's the winter solstice. We oh, still God. have time. <laughs> Tell us today is not tomorrow. I don't know. What 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 day do you think it is? Uh uh you think it is the third day of the week. Boy, is it the third day of the week? Uh no sir, it's a it's market day today. The fourth day of the week. And uh, mid-afternoon, by the looks of it, I would say that we were indeed out for a little bit longer than a couple of hours. I'm sorry, what? How, how, how could it, wait, that means, no. Yeah, time kind of moves strangely among the dimensions, it seems like. Um, it, it, it was like this last time as well, if you recall, and we were in there quite a bit longer. We should, we should get back. I, I'm sure Yelchin and, and all of them are, are quite worried. The kid is looking at all of you with big saucer eyes. Like, dimension? What's a dimension? Yeah, buddy, I'm with you. It's another realm of existence, one far stranger than this one. You should be careful not to travel too far into them. Don't dabble in such things if you know what's good for you. If you are going to, make sure you find a good teacher first. They're all ruffles their hair and flips them a silver. <laughs> Wait, so we were... Oh, oh shit. We were gone for more than a day. Slightly more so than... Yes. Yes. Um, okay, uh, I need to... Um, and she almost, like, drops Iris, and then she, like... Oh, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Um, hey, uh, Jarell, um, uh, oh, Arden. Jarell, oh. like, is holding out their arms. Like, yeah, do, you, do you have an appointment, or? Uh, yes, uh, um, can can one of you carry Cyrus? No, you're not allowed to walk. But <laughs> Looks considerately at Cyrus, looks over at Jarell. I suppose I had better do it. Cyrus, if you bleed all over me, I'm going to be cross. Scouts. <laughs> 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 and Vim is like already half giving Cyrus to Arden. Arden slings Cyrus over his shoulder and carries him like a sack of rice. Oh god. <laughs> right over his tummy wound. Oh. Yeah. Girl pulls, pulls out a, a handkerchief and kind of mops at your blood bonnet slightly. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I'm so, I, uh, I have to run. I ha I do. I have an I have an appointment that I need to go to, and I think I'm very late. Oh well, by all means, you can handle things from here. We'll see you later. Yep. All right. Um. Are you Are you all right? You're not injured, are you? Goodbye. <laughs> and Jim is like already like half jogging down the street. Do you think we should take him back to Journey's End and try and find Nina, or would it be better to just go to the temple? I mean, they'll always have healers on hand, I would think. Oh, he says he just wants to sit on his ass for a little while to heal up, and given how effective his spells were before, it should just be a few days and he'll be back on his feet. Yes, I'll be right as rain in the morning. <coughs> morning. 
It's too early to sleep now. Take me to the library. I want to chat with my old friend. No, we're we're not taking you to the library. We're taking you to Journey's End. You might be Please? you might be delusional because of the loss of blood. And if you aren't, then that can be fixed. Journey's End it is. Amazing. On their way back, Jarrell is gonna take a like make a side stop and order him a couple new tunics to bring, since he's still wearing theirs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could definitely do that. They're getting bent out of shape because there's no salmon. There's like orange and there's pink, and they're kind of like trying to decide. Like, uh, 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 and they just get one of each. <laughs> you could probably get a custom one made from the dancing mannequin. Probably, but they were kind of thinking, I can bring this to him and he can wear it like right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We were kind of walking through town with it like a bloody man wearing only a golden <laughs> tunic. <laughs> and we're not probably looking too hot either. I hope a guard stabs our... You are getting some look, actually. Um, a guard that's just kind of, like, walking, and you can tell that they're off-duty, and they kind of, like, walk over. Are, are you all... Help me! I, I'm being taken against my will! <laughs> Cyrus, stop that. Are you just <laughs> drops, Cyrus? Oh, here. <laughs> More blood. There, there are healers at the temple. Do you need help getting there? Yes, Cyrus. Would you like to go to the doctor instead of going back home? You look no. like you need a doctor. Okay. See, he's not being taken against his will. He's being taken willfully to probably not the right destination, but it's where I'm taking him anyway. I wanted to go to the library, but he wouldn't let me. <laughs> and I'm sure you can see why. Uh, do you think he should sit down and rest? <laughs> um, I'm not a doctor, but I do recommend uh, cessation of the bleeding before you go do anything. Oh, it's it's mostly done. This all happened uh, before. See, I'm all better. And I lift up my tunic and I show this guard and my... Flash my because you're not my, wearing anything. <laughs> <laughs> my gaping wound that is stitched together with like a mushroom caps and like fungus growing in it. But also your mushroom cat. Yes, also my mushroom cat. <laughs> the guard first goes like pale and then bright red and then they like put their hand to their mouth and make a sound and just turn and go. Alrighty then. I start crawling towards the library. Jarrell like grabs your arm. <laughs> oh, that's nicer than what Arden was going to do. He leaves it to Jarrell. They kind of try to like lever you up so that you've got like an arm over their shoulders. We will check back in on how Jarrell getting Cyrus to the library, to Journey's End. We are not going to the library! (laughs) (laughs) Is going. But first, we follow Vim. Vim, where are you headed? So she, she starts off at like a reasonable light jog as she goes away from the group. And then the moment she's kind of out of eye shot, she starts sprinting when she realizes what time it is because she realizes she has missed a free brunch. (laughs) And this is unacceptable because yesterday, which is a day she thought was happening tomorrow, is now. (laughs) Vim sprinting, billowy clothes blowing behind her in the breeze. Makes it to the Arendelle estate where you know that this meeting is happening. So as Vim pulls up on the Arendelle estate, she stops for a second and does a very quick, writes her clothes, readjusts her belt. Uh, She smooths down her hair a little bit so that she looks more presentable. And she takes like a deep breath in and then a deep breath out. And she's kind of like putting on her businesswoman's persona because she is ready for the like business meeting that she arranged with the Arendelles apparently yesterday, where it's going to be her and N and Marin and the Arendelles kind of discussing some of the stuff that's happening around town. Uh, but basically, Vim needs a fancy sheet of paper that says, I go where I want. <laughs> Good. So you're actually stopped by Chakota at the gate. And Aww. he's like, hey, hey, what? 
Who are you here for? You don't happen to have a comb on you, do you? A, co- a comb? Yeah, uh, you know. You usually have pretty nicely coiffed hair. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, and he, like, pats himself down real quick um, and does actually produce a comb. Oh, Chakota, you are a lifesaver in just more ways than one. And she takes the comb and she still kind of like on her way in. She's brushing her hair a little bit and she looks a lot more presentable than she did a little bit ago. <laughs> oh, thank you. Are you here for the meeting? Uh, yes, I am. I should be on your docket or your list or, or whoever's managing the atrium today. That's me. I have the attendance list. And he pulls up a sheet of parchment out of his, you know, guard pouch. I take it they are still serving the brunch. I'm really sorry. Uh, no, that was like an hour ago. Oh, um, I'm sure they set some aside for me. That's fine. Yeah, go in, go in. You're, I don't think they've started like super duper into all the businessy stuff yet. And he's like also trying to like usher you down the walkway to the uh, the estate, and you feel him like fixing articles of clothing on you. He's like, I'm, I'm sorry if this is you know a bit much, but you know, there you go. I appreciate it. Opens the door to the estate, and. Uh, if you just go down the hall to the right, there's a big meeting room. Bim nods, and as she hands him back the comb, she goes, Shakota. Shakota? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and then she walks in. Arendelle is up at the front of the room, and there are a number of round tables and chairs set up, and Arendelle is saying, It is my great pleasure to introduce the idea for a Farmers Committee of Oversight on Taxes this year. N and Marin are sitting at their own tables that are mostly empty. There is one or two brave souls at each of those tables that have sat down with them, but all the other tables seem to be occupied by farmers, business people. Mickey is there, the person that you talked to at the Grey Duck Bakery that one time when you called for a manager. Um, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Rothko and Nikita are all there. Um, Mother Rose is also there. And so is Landon, actually. Landon is sitting at the table that is closest to the door. And when you walk in, he is the only one that like fully turns around and looks at you. Uh, Victor pauses for half a second in his sentence, gives you a quirked eyebrow, and then continues on what he's saying about taxes and grain collection. And Landon gives you the small hands up, quirked eyebrows, you're late look, and then just sort of hurriedly <laughs> motions you over to his table. Um, that's got two of his other guards at it, and then there's a chair next to him. I just realized that both Marin and N are there. It's the perfect time for a heist. <laughs> just saying. Oh, man. I so mean, when else are we going to be able to find out what kind of porn N reads? Oh, it's good stuff. So Vim opens the door loudly. and walks in standing tall and I think she's like halfway through saying oh I'm so oh um what the who the who the fuck and then she I think finally catches eyes with Landon who's giving her hands and she just looks at him and gives him hands like how why the wait hold okay and he's like trying to motion you over before you say anything So there's just this very tall woman in the back of the room making, like, mildly aggressive gestures at Landon, just standing in the doorway. (laughs) It's still open. And, like, she's basically mouthing, like, what the? Why are you here? Oh, wait, hold on. More importantly. And he's, like, mouthing back, like, this is a town community meeting. 
I think you're mistaken. <laughs> Don't come sit. I, you know what? Uh, we'll get to that in a second. And she's like maybe talking a little bit louder than is, actually, she's definitely talking louder than is appropriate. <laughs> and she's only like kind of leaning in towards him, but she's still like standing in the doorway. She's like, okay, we will get to why you are here in a second. But first, Victor then looks at you and says, oh, I'm so glad that you're here, Vim. Uh, we were just getting to uh, the part where we talk more about commerce. Vim looks mortified. <laughs> and during this whole thing, she just like, she looks back at Landon, and then she looks up at Arendelle, and then back at Landon. And then her eyes survey the room, and she is looking for one, either a buffet line that still has food in it, or two, someone who got too much food and clearly isn't eating anymore, <laughs> but still has food and a plate. You unfortunately do not see anyone with food. You do, however, notice that everyone has coffee. Is it fruity coffee or like black coffee? It's like black coffee. <laughs> and I'm just like is shaking her head and she's still standing there and she hasn't responded to Victor and she just like is looking like surely there's still food left we're so sorry that you missed brunch where were you what happened I, this is okay um no need to make this more awful than it already is I will take a seat <laughs> And she just like, like she, her eyes, like the light just just saps out of them as she realizes there's no more food. The food is gone. <laughs> and she'll just like very quietly slip in and take a seat next to Landon. <laughs> Victor continues talking about like really dry businessy stuff. It's like. Vim, under normal circumstances, would actually be very interested because you can, of course, learn a lot about the size of a city and the health of its population and and how well it's going to fare through the winters by talk of grain and food stores. Mm -hmm. But instead, Vim just keeps looking at Landon like, okay, so let me get this straight. And she's definitely talking too loud. (laughs) Landon leans over to you and then makes the like lower your voice motion like palms down and patting the air in a lower voice and says okay I guess you didn't know this was kind of like a town hall meeting Mm, let's say I didn't (laughs) okay well this is a thing that we do uh, I understand that we do every year in Mithrin to kind of like sort things out for the winter um, and especially who's going to be shoveling snow. Apparently that is a topic of dissent. And he kind of like makes a face. <laughs> How, you know, at, oh God, I can't even pretend to be interested in this right now. And as she's listening to Landon, her hand is like reaching out and it's doing that thing where you're swiping at like a glass or a cup. Mm-hmm. but you've misplaced where it is until finally she's like grabbing the coffee cup of the person who's sitting on the other side of her okay so at this circular table it's Landon and you on one side and then everyone else has like turned their chairs to face where Victor is speaking so Vim just like takes a coffee mug from like behind the back of the person next to her yes and she just begins like swirling it and drinking from it as Landon is talking. When's the last time Ben had black coffee? Uh, she didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Landon finishes saying that she takes a sip of the coffee and she's like, oh God, someone should tell them this is awful. He reaches out to the center of the table where there's sugar cubes and like scoots it towards you. Oh, perfect. You know, they really should start these things later so that less people are late to them. I'm going to not comment on that. Uh, (laughs) But as long as uh, you are disinterested in the current conversation that's going on, um, I, I did have a question for you either now or after this meeting. 
Oh, now is fine. I've sat through hundreds of these. Uh, so this might be a little bit odd. We were going through Joran's estate, and we found this door that seems like it goes to a cellar, but it's locked, and we can't seem to find the key. Yo! <laughs> On, is there an off chance <laughs> that you would happen to know something about that? Okay, so let's play pretend and let's say I, and you know how this works, right? You know the rules. I do not get to ask a follow-up question. Great job. Okay, so let's pretend that I had a key that opens up that door. How would you propose I get to open that door in private? <laughs> oh my god. So, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Candace. <laughs> As Viv is speaking, Landon is trying not to, like, smirk smile. And then Vim asks that question, and his eyelid twitches ever so slightly. Um, that might be a little hard to accomplish, because you see that property is now considered public property. Most of what's in there has been seized to be distributed back to the public. That being said, technically, whatever is in the cellar, as long as it is something that can be used by the public, will go to the public. And you are the public. Vim just is beaming. At Landon, she's never heard more perfect words strung together. <laughs> However, we would ask that a representative of the city be present when you repossess what is rightfully yours so that it can be cataloged and done with what it needs to. You know what? Um... Am I Okay, we're still playing make-believe. Of course. But let's say I knew someone who was a representative of the public. Could I choose my own representative to be there? I suppose within reason. Perfect. I, well, once again, it's all hypothetical, but I know this really lovely woman. She lives around town. She has a real heart for the community, and I think she would be great for this. Uh, who is this person? <laughs> and like, my first thought was her name is Mirandin. <laughs> so, as Landon is saying all of this, you can't see my facial expression, but he's faking the expression of yes, of course, this is entirely make-believe. Mm -hmm. It's like your kids saying, no, I definitely didn't smoke weed, and they 100% uh, smell like weed. And your parent is thinking in their head, I have 100% smoked weed, and said the exact same to my parent. But because I am trying to be a parent, I cannot say that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, her name, and she's local, but she's, um, you've probably never heard of her before, but her name is Mirandin. There's a very, very long pause from Landon in which you catch a snippet of Victor addressing the crowd, and it sounds like the discussion of, like, grain and taxes is wrapping up. Landon says, yeah, I, am, I, I must say I'm not familiar with that name, and I'm fairly certain by this point I've met all of the leadership in Mithrin. I think she's more of like a, a new 
new personality, really cares a lot about the community, and I think she's she's just been kind of waiting for her moment to to rise up and to kind of find her her people. So don't, don't worry about it. You'll um you'll be hearing about her soon. I'll tell you what if you find her and she's not one of your friends in disguise and he taps his forehead <laughs> wait can he read minds <laughs> you don't know oh thank god okay for i do believe this old man is harder to fool than it seems like oh i wouldn't put one past you and and remember this is all purely hypothetical hypothetical right mm-hmm the mask of playing along drops for just a second and you hear him just like genuinely chuckle under his breath. And Vim can't help but do the same. Alright, come find me when you have located your friend. What was her name? Merlandin? It's it's Mirandin. Mirandin. It is a real name. (laughs) I, I believe that it is a real name. I do believe that. And Vim just nods like, "Mm mm-hmm, good. (laughs) And then she realizes, I should have thought about this beforehand. (laughs) And Landon is just smiling and turns back to the meeting at large, at which point you hear Victor saying in the direction of Marin's table. So last year, Marin We tried to heat Mithrin your way, and about halfway through the winter, we had to switch to N's method. So what we need from you at this meeting is to convince us that your method is the way we should be going with. And I'm going to assume that you do care about this part of the meeting. And actually, at this point, Vim, when when she hears... Yeah, I know. It's like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, more farm stuff. <laughs> Go back to talking about grain. <laughs> Boo! No, Vim actually, I think maybe her and Landon were kind of caught up in kind of laughing and smiling and enjoying the bad coffee and putting more sugar cubes in coffee as she like reaches across the table and steals other unfinished cups. Mm-hmm. And she perks up when she hears, you know, the names that she's listening for and... Her face sours at Victor's proposition. Mm-hmm. And she, she leans over to Landon and like drops her voice into an actual whisper this time. Don't you think it's odd how often Victor pitches things to other people? This seems like the kind of thing he should just make a choice on and go with. I mean, it's his responsibility as Mogrex to consider all his options and choose the one that's best for the community. I suppose that's fair, though he does seem to... Well, I suppose I might have a unique relationship with the Margrex, but he does seem to outsource things quite a bit. Ah, uh, delegation is a skill? Uh, I suppose you're right, and I, I guess I apologize for putting you in an odd position. Victor's your boss now. <laughs> He's always been my boss at the end of the day. Vim nods and then turns her attention back to what is actually fairly interesting. And in this moment, she thinks back to that conversation she had with Indigo a while ago where he asked her to be an informant to him on anything she might learn about the mines, uh, which is, you know, something that she knows both N and Marin are involved in. You tune back in at the tail end of Marin pitching the fact that her source of energy, and she just calls it the source. The source, you see, is much stronger than, and has always been much stronger than the dragon spit that N has. And she is making, like, hand waves that are just kind of waving away, bubbling up from the mine. And even though we stopped using my source last winter, it didn't mean I stopped obtaining it. In fact, I have a store much, much more robust than I did last year. And I do believe 
that it would last us as long, if not longer, than it did the previous year. And I would also like to point out that one, it is not explosive, and two, N's refinement process stinks up the whole city. And you see N sit up straighter in her chair, cross her arms, and just kind of glare across the room at Marin. It does not explode any more. Victor turns to N and says, Your method was, in fact, stable. All of the buildings that could have heat had consistent heat for the rest of the winter. But you must understand, we have equal concerns with your method. The first being, you won't actually let anyone help you work in the mine. And N says, uh, well, um, I've actually fixed that uh, problem this year. In fact, I have a new assistant who will be helping me with my work this year. And Victor says, not just an assistant, but we would like the mine, if it is a source of energy, to be a source of jobs and income for the city again. And N furrows her eyebrows. I do need some time on that, but in the meantime, I can guarantee that the operation would be up and running by the time the first freeze happens. We have an amount of dragon spit ready to go, and it is a tried and true tested way for heating the city. And like I said, it does not explode anymore. It has not actually exploded for many years. Marin greatly exaggerates what's actually going on. Also, it is a non-zero chance that whatever Marin is getting her source had something to do with the business with the forest last year. And at this point, Anne is like looking daggers over at Marin. Marin shoots back. There is no proof of that. And Victor, scowling at his pedestal, looks to both Marin first and then to N and says, Marin, I'm sure your research is very important to you, but we still don't know where exactly you are getting your source. We at least know that N is getting the dragon spit from the mine. It goes from the mine to her laboratory, directly to the furnaces that heat the city. So, with that being said, N, please get your refinery up and running before the first freeze, as I know you are capable of, but please get me a timeline of when we will be able to open the mine to workers to continue your work. He turns back to Marin briefly. As long as your research with this source is not interfering with the people or the well-being of our citizens, I know it's important to you. You have taken over running the university and have provided schooling to our young people. You will have public funds for that purpose. But for this winter, we will be using the dragon spit to heat the city. And N nods, self-satisfied says, of course, Margaret Sarandale, I will figure out how to get the mine up and running as a public entity soon. And as Anne is saying this, Marin stands up from her chair, loudly scooching it backwards across the floor. It makes the <laughs> sound of chair legs on the wooden floor. That is fine. That is your decision, she says with accompanying hand motion, turns and walks out. God, and Vim can't help but mutter under her breath. Oh god, I, uh, the forest is about to get a lot more dangerous, I think. What? That's landed to you. Uh, no, 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 the rule still applies. All right. <laughs> Another beat of silence as everyone else is watching Marin go. The door slams behind her, 
And then Victor takes a breath, looks at Vim, says, Vim, I do believe you wanted to present something. <laughs> you prepared a speech, right? No. Let me just get my slide deck. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, where's the projector? <laughs> Excuse me, do you have an AV? <laughs> Like a t- oh damn! I don't have an HDMI cable. I- I'm just gonna have to go off the cuff. Sorry if this seems underprepared. Oh god! I dropped my note cards and they're just all out of order. <laughs> oh man! Vim is living my night. <laughs> oh man! But first, do we want to check in on Cyrus's progress? By this time, Arden's probably just, like, had to take Cyrus by the leg and is just dragging him back. Oh! <laughs> you, you bullies, you you brutes, you brigands! Jarrell's grabbed your arms and with the help of an unseen servant and has kind of, like, <laughs> lifted you off the ground so you're at least not being dragged through the street. <laughs> <laughs> so what it looks like to anyone watching is, like... Arden holding him up by a leg, Jarrell holding him up by an arm, and then another arm, like, straight out into space. And then his other leg is just kind of flailing around as he yeah. tries, <laughs> as he tries like kicking Arden. to escape. Cyrus is, like, trying to kick Arden in the face, but, like, his leg can't quite reach. hey <laughs> <laughs> this is all way funnier in my mind when I remember that Cyrus is naked except for like a really fancy, heavily embroidered tunic. <laughs> that is exactly what this looks like. So every time Cyrus flails his legs, there's like a flash of peen to whoever's nearby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like butt cheeks or something. And certainly everybody can't help but look. Wait, 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 wait. Don't worry, Cyrus. You'll be Hold on. You'll be feeling better before you know it. No. I, I have some alcohol back at Journey's End. Some really no. strong stuff. Doesn't a bath and a nice drink sound like a relaxing? Oh, I wasn't thinking of it for drinking. We need to disinfect the wound. You're killing me. Oh, you're Is both killing me. Look, let's compromise. You won't take me to the library. How about you take me to Mina? She's a healer, huh? Well, Mina's at Journey's End, isn't she? I don't know. <laughs> it's during the day. She's usually at the temple during the day. So you want to see a doctor after all? Well, I don't want some run-of-the-mill clueless cleric. Take me to Mina. Uh, Arden looks very suspicious about this. <laughs> Tell you what. Look, Arden, I'm doing what you want. I'm going to a healer. Mm. Tell you what, Cyrus. You seem very confident about your health up to this point. Why don't we take these journeys and no! all cleaned up? We can get changed into our own clothes, and then if you still want the healer, we can go better. No. Yes, and we don't want to go horrifying Mina with your appearance. You saw the look on the guard's face. It looked like he was about to pass out where he stood. Can you imagine what you would do to somebody with a slightly weaker stomach? Perfect. We're all agreed then. Let's yep. go. Back to work. I hate you. I hate you both. Hush you. You'll tear something. <laughs> you guys never let me have any fun. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Charles, <laughs> like, he might actually be worse than Damiar. <laughs> Just a hair. Just a hair. <laughs> Back at the meeting, everyone is looking at Vim expectantly. Ah, uh, yes, of course. And Vim is flipping into her businesswoman mode almost without skipping a beat. Maybe Landon, as someone who kind of knows her and has interacted with her a bit, would see for just half a second. The color drains out of her face and and she goes like a paler shade of red. But as more and more eyes turn on her, she seems to be powered up. (laughs) And she rises from the table, takes in a deep breath, Good afternoon, good citizens of Mithran. Yes, I want to thank Victor for inviting me to this meeting personally. 
and for giving me the floor to discuss some potential business opportunities for the city of Mithrin as a whole. And as Vim is saying this, she's she's standing and she's actually kind of walking through the room, giving not like as slimy as finger guns to like <laughs> people as she's like walking past the tables and, and, and looking at folks, but basically like making deliberate eye contact and smiling and she's making her way to the podium. Have we seen anyone else speak from the podium besides Victor or have people been like standing and talking at their tables? They've been standing and talking at their tables. Yeah, this seems appropriate then. <laughs> Vim very, uh, as deftly as she can and as she says, and now I do have a few prepared remarks for all of you. She is taking the podium from Victor if he kind of lets her steamroll him out of it. So Victor is already standing kind of to the side of the podium. Perfect. And you see him give you a side eye and then shrug and take a a, a smaller step to the side to give you the floor. Uh, At this, Vim scans the front tables for Janna and is curious what her reaction is to this. She's actually uh, near the back of the room, mm. and she has like a shit-eating grin, and Hyatt is beside her, looking very weary, <laughs> like worn out, not wary of what's about to happen, but maybe a little bit of that. <laughs> Bim's eyes sparkle with a little bit of mischief, and she takes another breath and continues, also kind of taking on that kind of public speakery fake, not fake deference, but just a very public speakery type of vibe. My name is Vim. Some of you I have been lucky enough to meet as I have navigated my way through this city, and some of you I haven't, but hope I will be meeting soon. You see the manager of the Grey Duck Bakery lean over and say something to the person next to them, and the person next to them's shoulders kind of chuckle up and down. (laughs) Then, like, like shoots him, like, daggers for half a second, and is like, oh wait, no, I'm here. That's not what I'm here for. I am an emissary of the Mother Elephant, a trading caravan that, once again, some of you may have heard of, and others, I hope that we can soon have a relationship with you. What you may have heard of us is that we love traveling the road that is honestly less traveled or has never been traveled at all. I think that Mithrin has been sorely underrepresented and hasn't been reached out to by other groups that are outside of these walls nearly as much as what it has to offer might dictate. What I am here to propose and to lob to all of you is an opportunity to partner with the Mother Elephant. We would love the opportunity to become the veins or the artery that connects Mithrin with other towns. At the moment, there's hardly even one caravan a month that goes from Mithrin to elsewhere. We'd like to see that increase, and we would like to turn it not just from people leaving the city, but into goods coming in and goods coming out. If this is something that interests you, please come and speak with me. I am staying at Journey's Inn, and you can drop your contact information off with Yelchin. <laughs> My secretary. (laughs) As she says this, she realizes I need to get him a present and a stack of my business cards. (laughs) Is Yelchin at this meeting? Oh no. Uh, He he is not. Mickey is. And Mickey (laughs) is laughing. As you're speaking, all of the business owners are looking at each other with a mixture of expressions, kind of as you would expect between, like, 
doubtful and some of them are kind of like hitting another business person on the arm and like gesturing excitedly and then there's a couple curmudgeons that are of course like sitting back in their chairs with their arms crossed eyes narrowed at you but mickey is just guffawing in his seat he's like well all i do is run the inn but i can vouch for this Vim character who wandered into town, she actually came in with the caravan me and Abram came in with. And all the while, she's been a quality individual. And she made a set of coasters for us here at Journey's End that you can buy, and they're really cool. So I think she knows what she's doing. And Victor just like... <laughs> You can't see his expression because he's standing behind you, but you could see his expression in Jonna's face because she's trying really hard not to laugh. Oh man, and Bim, she like she she almost blushes as Mickey stands up and, and she she just nods softly and then says now I can't I can't let you say something so nice about me without returning the favor uh, to any and all of you who might be coming by Journey's End to get in contact with Yelchin to get in contact with me. You can't stop by without having the waffles at Journey's End, so make sure to enjoy yourself and hang around for a bit when you stop by there's nodding and then the uh, manager of the Grey Duck Bakery she stands up and says I'm not sure what came over Vim here but she did in a roundabout way pay several more gold than our fancy mugs are worth more than a couple of times so I think that might be grounds to also endorse Vim And so, like, Fim is, like, paling, and she, like, she starts, like, death-gripping the podium as this woman stands up, because her first thought is, I'm pretty sure I stole from you. (laughs) But, oh god, she, she finally, like, her, like, claws kind of unhook from the podium as it's clear this isn't going sideways, And, and, and she says, I once again cannot thank you enough for the kind words, and... Honestly, I have something of an eye for these things. Those mugs were absolutely beautiful, and they are exactly the kind of thing that I've only seen in Mithrin, is is a sensibility that is very particular to this town, and I think could be packaged and shipped off to other places for quite the pretty penny, and certainly more than I left behind for you. As you're saying that, there's like a hand that goes up in the back, followed by a person immediately standing up. And they say, finally, someone who can tell the value of the pottery of the clay around here. And like this person is clearly like overly excited. And about half the people in the room kind of quietly face palm and pretend that they're not standing up in the back. <laughs> I, I made the mugs. And they are beautiful. Just like the wares that I've seen at Rothgo's, and just like the things that I've seen being produced by the Dancing Mannequin. Truly, Mithrin has just so much to offer. There's satisfied nods all around. Go ahead and um, roll persuasion. Let's take a look. Okay, not a great roll, but I do add... Is that one of the things that you have advantage on? So only when I'm specifically lying about who I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 8 plus 6 is 14. Okay, so you get a sense that like all of the people that you've interacted are on your side, and it will probably take a little bit for the other business owners to come around, but you think that you have made a very good first step. Vim nods and seems pretty satisfied, and honestly, I don't. she wouldn't admit it to herself, but maybe a little bit relieved and shocked at how well this has gone. And she will finally turn to look at Victor, gesture a kind hand towards him, and say, 
And of course, I have no one greater to thank than the esteemed Margrex Victor Arundel, who has truly welcomed me into Mithrin with open arms and has played a huge part in in helping me to see and discover all of the the wondrous things this place has to has to show someone. So truly, let us um, give it up for Victor as we welcome him back to the stand. Does Vim clap or is it just like (laughs) Vim steps aside as the void of silence is there? Does anybody clap for Victor? So actually, Vim is trying to do something very specific. So she gestures and does a very polite little bow um, like from mm-hmm. her torso and her hand. And then she steps back and she begins doing like a like a very light clapping and is expecting the room to join in. And she is going to continue to step backwards all the way back through the tables, all the way back to where her seat was. And she's going to try to slip out of the room. <laughs> okay. And is hoping that the clapping and Victor taking over the stand will kind of mask the door opening and closing. So Vim is doing the clapping thing and Victor is saying, uh, thank you, Vim, for that delightful uh, address of those assembled here and your kind words to all of us. We do hope that in the future we are able to bring back the vision of Mithrin that its founders had. And he's saying this, and everyone's kind of turning their attention back to him. Roll a stealth check to get out of the room. Oh, man. The one advantage to never wearing armor is that I'm not rolling a disadvantage. (laughs) 16. Landon watches you slip out of the room. Perfect. But everyone else seems to be oblivious. Uh, They are clapping and still talking amongst themselves. Vim gives Landon the shh lips as she slips out. (laughs) Just before you slip out, you see Landon face palm, and you are now outside the doors. With Chakota! Oh, is Chakota there? Did he go back to the gate? He went back to the gate. Hmm. You're, like, alone in the house. (laughs) (laughs) You really shouldn't have. That gives me too much power. So, Vim has a series of thoughts. She first looks around, and there is there anyone in this hallway? No. So she kind of does something ridiculous. She presses her ear to the door and tries to get a sense of how long do I think this meeting is still going to go on for? You still hear them talking about your business proposal, um, and then you hear Victor doing the, all right, all right, the next thing on our agenda is... What? Like Chamber of Commerce type stuff. Oh god, they're gonna be here forever. And Fim... <laughs> Fim realizes she has all the time in the world to do the following thing. Uh, she's been to this house a couple times. She's going to find a like side door or a door to a um, garden. And basically the following things she wants to do are slip out of the house. Oh wait, hold on. That's all ridiculous. Vim is going to walk out normally. <laughs> okay. So Vim Vim realizes, oh, they're going to be in there for literally ever. Okay, this is perfect. And she proceeds to just like stand up straight, look forward, and exit the Arundel estate. She's walking out through the front door, out past where Shakota is. Okay. So you pass down the walkway past Jakota, who is like, oh, how'd it go? You know, I think it was that magic comb you lent me for a bit. Uh, I don't think it would have gone so well if I hadn't been able to write myself a little bit. He blushes a little bit. Oh, the comb's not magical, but uh, you're welcome. Uh, Well, your cheery disposition certainly is. I, uh... I think I know when I've stayed my welcome, and I am, uh, I just gave my kind of bit, and now it's time to go, so I think I'm gonna head back to Journey's End. Okay, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, you too. Thanks. And Vim will start walking towards 
in the direction of Journey's End, but what she's really doing is finding an alleyway. Her literal favorite part of this town is any alleyway. And the moment she is certain that there are no eyes, no child lurking around, no guard, you know, doing some wild rotation, she will pull out her best friend, the crummy magic hat. (laughs) She will pull that shitty gray wool magical hat over her horns, uh, say the magic word, and transform herself into that same, like image of the woman she keeps being every time she's been masquerading around town with kind of uh, medium skin tone human woman with you know long kind of curly-ish brown hair she looks very unassuming just like any kind of walker around town i know exactly and she waits in the alleyway for a little bit Like, she waits, and she waits, and she kind of, like, walks up and down it for a second before deciding, Okay, that's probably been enough time. And we'll turn around and walk back to the Arendelle's estate. (laughs) (laughs) So there's always something in my slides that I forgot that I added. Nikki. And then two. Yeah? Spoilers. Your end's assistant. Oh, for sure. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I wondered about that. I was like, you, you, I figured oh, that out right away. Oh yeah, you're obviously N's assistant. <laughs> okay, so in my notes it says N has an assistant? Question mark. I doubt she is talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Vim knew it was you. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Gerald definitely doesn't think of themselves as her assistant. <laughs> I I wish for this to also be Jarell's in character reaction. Oh, yeah, it it definitely will be. I think it'll be along the lines of she has assistant. She didn't tell me. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Jarell. That's amazing. It's like I'm a I'm a professor. 